I'm on the road with this podcast, and I am recording right now from Valencia, Spain. It is the celebration of my wife and I being married for 30 years, and we've been gone for a week and a half from the United States. We flew into the Azores, which are a chain of islands. Uh, that belonged to Portugal. We had to fly over and around a hurricane. I don't know. I remember starting to hear about the hurricane while we were um, getting ready to to head to the airport uh, from the States. And I don't know if if we ended up calling it Danielle or Daniela, but it was over the Atlantic Ocean. And it was kind of situated right between uh, the the Newark airport and the Azores where we were going to be landing and our flight kind of flew around it so we were thinking that we were possibly going to end up with lots of bad weather and we had one day of rain in the Azores we spent three nights there we had one day actually I say one day but it was really just 10 minutes of rain and so it was basically completely unaffected and uh, we flew from Azores to Porto, Portugal, which is on the mainland, right on the coast. It was a beautiful city. Again, no weather problems there. And then the next day we hopped on a bus and traveled across Portugal into Spain, down to Leon, and met up with Victor, our exchange student that lived with us for a year. And then Victor and his girlfriend and my wife and I got in a car and drove to Medina del Campo, which is a small town, about 20,000 people in the northwest part of Spain, and uh, it's the place where Victor is from, and spent a few days there, beautiful, again, beautiful weather, and now my wife and I are in Valencia. I am sitting across the street from the Central Market in Valencia, so if you look up Central Market, it's a it's a huge open-air market out now. I say open-air in the sense that it's fruit stands and vegetables and meats and other things, souvenirs, and uh, but it's all indoors actually in, in a big market area and it's really beautiful. I think it's been going on for around, I think it's been over a hundred years. And uh, so we've got, we're going to be here in Valencia. We got here yesterday and we'll be in Valencia today and tomorrow and then the following day on Thursday we will take a train back to Madrid catch an airplane fly back to the Azores and finish out our 30-year anniversary celebration with a few more days in the Azores before we head back to the United States I wanted to share a story with you of another trip I was in Europe I was backpacking through you through Europe for a couple months and had been all over the place and I was coming back from Poland on my way across the continent to France and I went through Berlin in East Germany and that was the day it turned out to be that that was a really historical moment to be going through Berlin because it was the day after they began tearing down the Berlin Wall um, I explain more about that in a different episode in season one I think it's the episode uh, about the purpose of dreams and visions where I share uh, some more detail about what was going on in that trip and going through the Iron Curtain. So I'm on this train heading across Europe and in my coach is a man who's from Spain and we got to talking 
And of course, I was looking for an opportunity to share the gospel with him. And little by little, things came up, and I could start injecting thoughts about Christ and and such. And he basically said said to me, and and however he explained it, the essence of what he was saying though was that he didn't believe in the gospels. He didn't believe in Christ. He didn't believe in the Bible because it was written by dead men. We started, I don't even know how we got into it, except I think the Holy Spirit just led us in the conversation. We got into discussing things about historical figures and um, leaders and conquerors. I, I, I remember specifically us talking about Napoleon and Alexander the Great. And, you know, he had some very definite thoughts about these guys. And I, I, I remember something to the effect of me asking him, so you, you believe in them? And he's like, yeah. And I said, but they were written about by people who died. And he was like a deer in the headlights at that point, his eyes wide open, and he's just staring at me. And he's like, I guess you got me there. And I said, so when it comes to the gospel, you say you don't believe in it because dead men wrote about it, but that's not really true. You do believe stuff about the past, even though dead people wrote about it. I said, what's the real reason? Why for real? Do you not want to follow Christ? What what keeps you from that? He thought about it and he said, I guess the real reason is because I'm afraid that if I were to give my life to God and put my faith in Christ, that God would ask me to do something that I don't want to do. And this thought just came into my mind and I just said to him, I said, so you don't follow Christ not because you've made some kind of intellectual reasoning that that you stand on and say it doesn't make sense. It's not for an intellectual reason that you don't follow Christ, but basically when it comes down to it, you're afraid of what God is going to do or ask you to do. And so it's just based upon your own selfishness that you don't yield yourself to him. And the guy just looked at me and he said, yeah, I, I think that's it. I think you're right. And that was the end of our conversation. We'd been talking for hours, but but it was in the middle of the night now. It's the wee hours of the morning. We've been traveling all night across the continent. And and, um, And he came to this conclusion then, as he thought about it, and how the Holy Spirit had led me in questioning and comments, that the real reason he didn't follow Christ was because he was selfish and didn't want to yield his life to God. On this trip before we came to Spain, there was a a definite mission in addition to celebrating our 30th anniversary. My wife and I have been praying for Victor's family and asking the Holy Spirit, you know, how can we be a more relevant light and witness to the family? And, And when I say family, it's not just about Victor's mother and father and brother but it includes his aunts and uncles and his grandparents um, because uh, when we began to have a relationship with Victor, we also began to have a relationship with all these people. And it's, it's been interesting because uh, we usually do a, a, some kind of video call over Christmas and usually takes about three hours to do the call. And in the first several Christmases that we did this, you know, we were talking not only with Victor and his family, but we were talking with all the aunts and uncles and the grandfather and the grandmother. And uh, and so we feel like 
we're connected not only to Victor but to his family. And so we just wanted, to, we've been asking the Lord, you know, help us to share the gospel, help us to be a relevant witness for you. And how do we do that? And so before coming on the trip, we found out that Victor's grandfather had had a hernia. And the first thing that popped into my and, and by the way, he had the hernia. He was struggling in a lot of pain, and he was struggling to get a surgery to fix it, um, or, or waiting. There wasn't the availability of getting the surgery wasn't there for him, and so he was kind of on a waiting list. And so one of the first things that came into my mind, into my heart, when I heard this was I, I thought, aha, there's a potential avenue right there into the heart of the family. What if God was to heal his grandfather? and do a miracle in that kind of way. And I knew from that moment that one of the things I wanted to do while my wife and I were on this trip was I wanted to pray for the grandfather. So we got to Victor's hometown in Medina del Campo. And we, of course, got to hang out and spend time with the entire family. And it's, it's really fun. The culture is very interesting because you know, you do lunch around three or four in the afternoon, and dinner doesn't happen till nine or ten at night, and or, or sometimes even later. And there was this one night where we were out with everybody except the grandfather and, and grandmother. Uh, we were out with all the aunts and uncles and um, Victor and his family, and it, you know, we were out till almost three in the morning, and before we got home and went to bed. And it's just an interesting culture, and it's just really fun. Just everybody just likes to hang out at a much more relaxed pace than what we find in the United States. And nobody's in a hurry, and it's funny. At 2 in the morning, the streets are just filled with people, you know, eating tapas and drinking and just communing together. And uh, it, w it was fun. And... Uh, the next day, we got an opportunity. Then it, it was interesting. I wasn't even quite expecting it, but um, out of the blue, some some of the people just started asking questions uh, about our faith, and we got to just share a little deeper about our faith in Christ and the difference between following just religious practices versus having a relationship with Christ. But one of the things again on my mind was before coming, and now here I am in Medina was I really wanted to pray for the grandfather and, and just pray over his body for healing. And there was this one night where uh, we, we got connected up with the grandfather and grandmother. I was with Victor's mom, my wife and I were there with her and the grandparents and we're by ourselves and we're walking through the city. Uh, the grandfather, what I found out later was he did end up getting the surgery and in the surgery to heal the to close up the herniated area was was fine and successful but he was still having the same pain and it turned out that the pain he had been experiencing was something different and not from the hernia as everyone thought so he's still having a hard time but one of his requirements for recuperation is is walking so now we're out on this walk and it was a slow-paced walk he had a cane and and so we're walking and talking and just having a good time and we, we get to the to where they live and I think due to concerns with COVID, plus it was really late, we didn't actually go into the house and go up, but we were standing there on the street and it was gonna be the last time. We were gonna say goodbye to to him and and head out the next morning 
uh, my wife and I from Valencia. So this was it. This was our moment that we came to that I had been waiting for to pray for the grandfather. And I asked his permission, explained a little bit again about, you know, just my faith in Christ. And I wanted to pray for him that he would be healed. And he allowed me to lay hands on him and pray. And, you know, I don't, nothing happened right there. But, you know, I pray that as the next day came and the days to follow, that he would begin to experience the healing of Christ and that it would be in a, in a moment that opens his heart, you know, to really dig in deeper. And, you know, they have faith in Christ. They have faith in God. But just I wanted to just see a release in a deeper way. And so as, as far as that mission goes, though, basically, you know, it was mission accomplished. We got to pray for the grandfather. And that's what I really wanted to do. But in addition, we got to share the gospel. And I guess between that story and the one that I was telling earlier about the man on the train, uh, and it's this is that sometimes it's hard to know how to share the gospel. That was one of the questions my wife and I wrestled with before I went on a trip is, Lord, help us become a more relevant witness for you and teach us how to share the gospel with people. And we both started to understand that it's not about having magical words and saying the exact right thing and doing the exact right thing. It's just about being present in the moment and obedient to what Christ has told us to do. And one of the things, like I said, we felt before we went on the trip, we wanted to pray for the grandfather. And that's what we did. So we just followed Christ and obeyed what we felt we were supposed to do. And the outcome of that is totally up to the Holy Spirit. And so my success in praying for him is not based upon, did he get healed? Um, did he receive the gospel in the way that I had hoped? No, it's none of those things. My success is in the fact that I obeyed God. Too many people put faith in or expectations in the results. And the thing is, it, it, God's the healer. God is the Savior. He's the one who speaks to people. He can reveal himself to whoever we're praying for through dreams and and visions and through any kind of means, right, that he wants to use. And so all I needed to do is just be obedient to the Holy Spirit. And based upon that, I feel like our trip was a success. But the thing is, is you may be sitting there saying, well, how do I share the gospel with people? What do I do? What do I say? You know, take some time. Think about the gospel. What does it mean? What does your relationship to Christ mean to you? And you know, just be present in the moment. Hear the Holy Spirit. Idea comes into your mind. You know, treat it. it. You know, if it's not something telling you to do something that's sinful, then just uh, follow the still small voice that you hear in your heart. And uh, it, it may or may not be God, but, you know, you, we're on a journey to learn. God is not expecting perfection. We're on a journey to learn. And we step out in things that we think we're hearing from God and we, we just do it and we, we leave the results to him I, I have prayed for people uh, who were healed instantly I've prayed for people who were it, it, the healing was progressive I've prayed for others where nothing has seemed to happen uh, you know again don't be so fixated on the results but but be fixated more on God I want to know your voice and I want to step out in obedience to you you know, because you love him and want to bring joy to him. It's up to the Father, you know, to release the fruit in and through our lives, 
through our actions and through our words and our attempts at sharing the gospel and doing anything for Christ, we are as agents in this earth aligning ourselves and learning how to align ourselves with this kingdom of God that wants to break forth in the earth, and he does that through us. And so as we begin to obey him, then he works through our obedience and gains access and entrance to work in the affairs of of men and women that we're talking to and ministering to. And yes, he can do things also sovereignly, but usually he's choosing to work through us and make his entrance in that way. And so we get to learn by it and grow by it, and the people that we minister to may or may not learn and grow by it, but again, it's up to him. And he's very capable of speaking to people and reaching them right where they're at. We just have to be a ready and willing vessel um, to let his love be poured through. And so I hope that makes sense. And uh, got a few more days here in Europe before we head back to the States. It's been a great trip. It's a privilege to be able to do this episode from here. I'm in Valencia, Spain, and uh, we'll catch you on the next podcast. You've been listening to God's Kingdom Outside the Box. If you enjoyed this episode, please let me know. I'd love to hear your comments, your questions about what we talked about today. And also let me know if there's a topic you'd like me to cover in a future broadcast. You can email me at jim at jimvince.com. And you can also leave me a voicemail from the show notes. And that's it. I'll talk to you next time.